Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. During this time, we're actually going to be not gathering together and we are doing our gatherings online. So this podcast is from our very first time of doing that. And it might sound a little different, might feel a little different, but I encourage you just to engage uh, with these questions. We have them in the show notes for you. We have some questions to consider in this time based on scripture. So please interact uh, on our Facebook page with us every time we do a live stream going forward. But as you listen to this podcast, go ahead and uh, journal with the Holy Spirit, interact and engage with us online. Bless you guys. In this time, we are virtually together and spiritually one. And today I have a very specific message. I believe it's directly from the Lord that we're to be prisoners of hope, that God is calling us to become prisoners of hope. And today is Palm Sunday. It's the day that marks Jesus's triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's a beautiful day. I've been to Jerusalem many times. I've been there and I've, I just imagine all the palm branches waving and everything. We're going to read this actually uh, out of uh, the English Standard Version. We're going to read Matthew 21, 1 through 11. It's going to give us the whole context for this day and what's going on. So if you have your Bibles or uh, I know you're probably looking at your phone, so maybe get one of those weird archaic paper Bibles, you know, those things that make sounds when you change the pages. Yeah, grab one of those with me and go to Matthew chapter 21. And uh, maybe if you're a family and you have one Bible huddle around it, that's just a beautiful picture, you know, of us coming together around the Word of God. Matthew chapter 21, we're going to read verse 1 through 11. I'm going to read out of the English Standard Version. This is what it says. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This is kind of a crazy happening right here. If we can just pause for a second. Just sent some disciples into a village and talk to a stranger and say, hey, we need your donkey. And they let, he lets them take him because it was a word of knowledge. Somehow this, this is what happens. God does things outside of our paradigm. And this kind of seems like stealing, but it's the Lord, so it's not, you know. The Lord obviously prepared this in advance, and I think that's really cool. It says, this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Now most of the crowd was spreading their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Imagine this amazing (laughs) picture, this amazing scene of all these palm branches waving and all these people in front of him and behind him saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Come on, just say that wherever you are. Say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city, say the whole city. Come on, interact in the comments for me. The whole city was stirred up. The whole city was stirred up. Imagine all of Tampa stirred up today. With just Because something is entering in. Someone is coming in. The whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? One translation says, the whole city was in an uproar. It shook the city. 
they, they're saying, who is this? Everyone that doesn't know the, the, what the party is all about, they're saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Come on, can you imagine a day, maybe today, I prophesy today, that our celebration causes others to ask, who is this? What if our celebration, the celebration of our heart was so obnoxious and so on the forefront that people asked, who is this that you're celebrating? Who is this person? Why are you so happy right now in the middle of a pandemic? Why are you celebrating? (laughs) And I just love it that their celebration was an evangelism default. Like they didn't even have to try and go tell people like Jesus is alive. They just started celebrating that Jesus was coming in to the city and people wanted to know why were they celebrating may it be us as well may it be us that we because we have such great hope because of the hope in our hearts we celebrate the lord and people ask why are you so why are you celebrating who are you celebrating come on somebody and i this is the word i feel from the lord for our church and for the church and i'm not being cute this is exactly how it came to me from the lord i'm not being cute Um, I believe this is a word from the Lord. That we are not prisoners in our homes. We are prisoners of hope. We're not prisoners in our homes, locked behind doors. We're prisoners of hope, captivated by the one we celebrate. How can I say that? Well, it's actually in that verse I just read to you in Matthew. It refers to the prophet. What prophet? Well, it was actually Zechariah. And it's from Zechariah 9. I'm going to read you this. Zechariah 9, 9 through 12. The person that prophesied this moment actually said something very specific about those who would receive him. So let's read it. Zechariah 9, verse 9 through 12. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Come on, go ahead. Just say yay. (laughs) This is a command. Rejoice greatly. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Come on. That's why we're doing this. We're, We're just celebrating, stirring up celebration. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem. And the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, listen to this, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Come on, you're set free to be a prisoner of hope. We're set free to be prisoners of hope. It's a good word, man. It's important. We need to understand even what that word means, hope. What does that word mean? Well, let me give you the biblical definition of hope. Are you ready? It's the joyful expectation of good. The joyful expectation of good. We have an excitement. We have a celebratory expectation of confidence that it's going to be good. Goodness is coming. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Only goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So here's the question. Here's the question. Write this down. Talk about this with your family after we sign off. Here's the question. When or where have you seen a lack of joyful confidence that everything is going to be good in your own life? When in your life or where in your life have you seen a lack of joyful confidence that everything's going to be good? What are those places? 
Write that question down, something to meditate on. Because here's the truth. Just like in this story of Jesus entering Jerusalem, hope leads to celebration before the victory. You understand? Hope actually leads you to celebrate before the victory. How can I say that? Well, Hosanna in the Aramaic, the original language, actually means bring the victory. They're shouting, bring the victory. Son of David, bring the victory. They see him bringing victory. But he hadn't, he hadn't been to the cross yet. They didn't even know what was going to happen this next week. They didn't understand the fullness of hope he was bringing them. But they celebrated nonetheless. And we also might not have a full picture of what the good thing coming, what it's really going to look like. Is it going to be from this drug? Is it going to be from a supernatural wave of healing? What is it going to be? We don't have a full understanding of what it's going to be. But we shouldn't let understanding be our metric for celebration. Hope should be our metric for celebration. Because we know if it's not good, it's not over. We're hopeful and that leads us to celebration. In this story, they didn't understand. They didn't understand that he would be the same people who were saying Hosanna were some of the same people shouting crucify in just a few days. They didn't understand. They didn't understand the fullness of hope he was going to bring them through the cross. But they celebrated nonetheless. And the people asked, who is this guy because of the wild celebration? Come on. Just because you have hope doesn't mean you have to have all the answers. People might ask you, you know, if you're smiling at people at Publix, you know, everybody's got that uh, social distancing grimace. You know, I don't understand why. I, I understand we have to have six feet from one another, but we don't have to have, a, you know, we can have a smile six feet away. It's okay. You know, maybe just your eyes. If you're going to wear a mask, that's totally cool. Maybe you just smile with your eyes, something, you know, let hope shine out of you. You're a prisoner of hope. I believe it. I believe it. Why? Celebrating before the victory, this picture of Jesus coming. He's going to, you know, Good Friday is this Friday, dying on the cross for our sins, raising again three days later. This is the crux of our faith. This is everything. And we know that he is coming to deliver us time and time again. So hope is important, even in this moment. This isn't historically important. This is right now important. It's not a historical hope alone. It's a present tense hope that celebrates before the victory. Come on, we need victory. The United States needs victory over COVID-19. Come on. We can have hope now before the victory because we know Hosanna, the one who brings that victory. Hosanna. And you might have heard, you know, don't get your hopes up. Uh, the words false hope has been spread around like, like we don't want to give people false hope. True hope is never false hope. Because <laughs> hope will never disappoint. This is Romans 5, verse 3 through 5 out of the Passion Translation. It says, this is so good. Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says, even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. Come on. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. We don't ignore the time of trouble we're in. We're not being ignorant. We're not saying there is no trouble. We're saying even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. Come on, you're surrounded by hope. You're a prisoner of hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. One translation says hope will never put us to shame. This hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. It's not a fantasy to be hopeful because the Holy Spirit is the one bringing us that hope. 
Come on. He's the God of hope. Calls himself the God of hope. It says in Romans 15, 13, says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Say all joy. Come on. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Come on. The God of all hope is coming to every living room, coming to every person watching this live and later to make you abound in hope. He's bringing you super abundant hope. That's what that word abound means. Super abundant hope. There's more hope than you can handle, man. Come on. What are you saying? Don't get your hopes up. No, my hopes are more than I can handle. I have a joyful, confident expectation of good. Come on. Just say it. Say, hope is a joyful expectation of good. I'm going to have a joyful expectation of good. I'm going to continually be confident that it's going to be good in the end, that God is going to work all things together for the good of us because we love Him. Come on. We're prisoners of hope. I believe this. I believe this in like the depths of who I am, that we're called to be prisoners of hope. So you remember that question I asked you earlier? Where have you seen a lack of joyful confidence that everything's going to be good? Just take a couple minutes right now. Just take a couple seconds right now. We're going to stay alive. We're going to stay here. But just take a couple seconds and ask the Lord if you know where those places are already. Or if maybe you need to journal. Maybe you need to log off. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't matter. I want you to have an encounter with Jesus right now. Ask the question again if you didn't have an answer earlier. Where have I seen a lack of joyful confidence? Where, Lord? Where has it been? Where have I been lacking in confidence that it's going to be good? Where have I not expected that it's going to be good? How have I let that expectation go? And then once you know what it is, ask Holy Spirit to come into that place right now. Say, Holy Spirit, come into that mindset. Lord, come into that expectation. Come into that thought process and bring super abundant hope right now. Maybe you're in your family room right now and oof, maybe you just are really hopeless. You need to, this is where we learn to be the church, y'all. Turn to one another and say, hey, I'm really feeling hopeless. And families gather around one another and just lay your hands on them. And say, hope is coming. Hope is on the way. Hope is arriving right now. Just like Jesus riding in, bringing hope. He's the hope bringer. He's the, this is the God of hope riding upon a donkey. What is that? That's a picture of hope arriving upon humility. Hope rides in on our humility. So maybe you need to be humble enough right now to say, I've been hopeless. I've had areas of my heart that have been hopeless. Come on, don't be super spiritual right now. Pride leaves you unprotected, man. Don't get prideful. Get humble and say, yeah, I, I've ha- I have a lack of hope in, in this way or for my finances. I have a lack of hope for my health. Whatever. And just admit it, maybe in the comments, maybe on the live stream, we have a team right now that will pray for you in the comments if you're all alone. We're with you. You're not alone. Yeah. Hope arrives upon humility. Jesus came riding in on a donkey. I don't know how much more humble you can get. Kings ride in on horses and chariots. He broke, He chose the foal of a donkey, the colt of a donkey. I mean, a beast of burden. Come on. Hope arrives upon humility. And we also, as we go out, because the church is not empty, it's deployed. Amen. The tomb is empty, but we're deployed. We need to go out with humility. 
Not with arrogant hope. Not with, oh, why are you despairing? Why are you upset? No, with humble hope. <laughs> Say, listen, it's, I promise you, it's going to be okay. I believe that. It's going to be okay. Come on. The joyful expectation of good. Right now, if you're that person who's feeling hopelessness right now, we just released you right now an impartation of hope. A joyful expectation of good. We release it. You can have some of ours. Here's some of our hope. We've got a super abundant amount of hope. We got more hope than toilet paper. We'll give you some. Here it is. Have hope today in Jesus' name. Come on, pray for one another. Have hope today in Jesus' name. We declare that you are a prisoner of hope. You're locked in by hope. Every side, you're in the jail cell called hope. (laughs) You're a prisoner of hope because the Lord is bringing the victory. It is at the gate of the city and we expect it to come riding in right now. We choose to partner with this victory by celebrating our overcoming God. Come on, say, I choose to partner with the victory by celebrating before it comes, submitting our hearts to hope. We submit our hearts to hope once again. We will walk in humility in order to release true hope for others to have that victory. Come on, we're thankful because our King has come, died for us, and risen from the grave. We're thankful. Historically, this is Palm Sunday where the victory hasn't come yet. But we are standing in the day of victory. So we say thank you, Jesus, that you've already brought the victory. And that you're going to bring the victory over this situation as well. We will be hopeful because he brings our victory time and time again. It's not a historical hope. It's a present tense hope. He brings our victory time and time again. We're prisoners of hope, locked inside the heart of God with no desire to escape. Come on, say, I have no desire to escape this hope. (laughs) I have no desire. Lock me in. Throw away the key. I'm a prisoner of hope. I'm set free to be a prisoner of hope. Come on, say it over yourself. I'm set free to be a prisoner of hope. I'm set free to be a prisoner of hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Come on, one more. I'm going to read you something. I'm going to pray over you right now. One more thing, because I just feel, I feel hope surging, not rising. Rising is too weak. I hear, I feel hope surging into your homes right now. It's like spilling out into your streets. I don't know what's happening, what's going to happen. I don't know. But I want to pray for you the way Paul prayed for the church in Colossians. I've adapted a prayer that Paul prayed for the church. If you want to look this up and check me, that's fine. But it's Colossians 1, 9 through 11. I adapted this out of the Passion Translation as a prayer for you. I'm going to pray this over you. So I just want you to receive this. Maybe just put your hands out. Maybe just put your hands on your heart. I want you to don't not be praying with me. I want you to receive this prayer over your heart right now. Okay, this is how the Apostle Paul prayed for his churches. And this is how I'm going to pray for you right now. I pray that everyone watching, that you would all receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your life. I pray you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your life. This will make you a reservoir of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. I pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every single thing you do. And I prophesy that because you walk in the ways of righteousness, you will become a fruit-bearing branch, yielding to His life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in His fullness. I prophesy this over you. And finally, I pray that you would be energized with all His explosive power from the realm of His magnificent glory, filling you with great hope. Let his explosive power from his realm of glory fill you with great hope right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.